Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Onside Chicks. I am Kaylee Chikoski, and I'm here with Jordan. Jordan. Goodbye. <laughs> We're back. We're back. Yes, we are. Fun things to talk about today. I'm actually kind of excited. I, it's been like such a busy week for me. I don't know about you. So I feel like I didn't even get to dive into some of this stuff. Like I would see it kind of on and off. And then I was like, I really got to dive in today preparing yes, for the show. I, and I was like, oh, this is dope. Yes. And I almost texted you Monday a little nervous because like nothing was happening. And I was like, what are we, what else are we going to fill the show with? And then Tuesday, it was like a roller coaster. Everything just started ricocheting. So now there's a lot for us to dive into. There is. There is. We'll start. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Jadavion Clowney? Do we want to start? Well, yeah, Clowney? that's the let's most start. recent. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start Jadavion Clowney because we, I don't know, whoever tuned in to our show about Jadavion Clowney, you're welcome. Yes. You're welcome we for the expert, the, the expert analysis on, <laughs> on where he was going to end up. Um, well, you can pay us now. Um, but yeah, so he signed a one-year deal with the Cleveland Browns worth up to $10 million. I feel like this is big, right? Yes, this is huge. Because last year, we were just talking about this. Last year, he got thirteen a one-year $13 million deal with the Titans. But then we literally talked about this in the episode. His stock went down. He had... 19 tackles, no sacks. Like he just wasn't the Jadavian Clowney that we're used to seeing. So I had a feeling he was going to end up on a team, but I was not expecting this big of a deal for him after the season that he just had. Yeah. And, and that was the thing is um, we did talk about Cleveland wanting him last year mm-hmm. due to COVID. He wasn't able to get in the facility into Cleveland and really meet anyone face to face. And I think when you're coming out of, you know, a situation where you've been and obviously his, his draft or his uh, trade stock coming out of Houston was huge, right? Like he was just the guy. Right. And I think for him being able to physically go see facilities, feel the culture, meet coaches, especially in Cleveland where things kind of were up and down and changing and coaching staffs were kind of shuffling in. Um, I think not being able to meet with him really kind of ended all of the deal talks that were going on with him and the Browns last year. So I feel like this is a huge win for them. Probably yes. if I, I, I don't want to be dramatic, but definitely <laughs> one of the best deals of the offseason so far. I think so. It's yeah. definitely top five. Like yeah. without question, because think about it. Now you have him and he said it himself and he's like, I always am in double coverage. Like now you have Miles Garrett alongside him. Like that defense is just going to be filthy. And now it's going to be scary to go up against them because you have these two incredible guys. And I'm honestly hoping we also just talked about this right before the show started. The culture in Cleveland is changing and it's yeah. changing. They lacked identity for a very long time. And now it seems like they're finally getting into a group and they're moving in that right direction. So making moves like this just add to that. And I think he fits it well. I'm hoping that having Miles Garrett there with him, like will motivate him and like bring him back to the guy that we saw in Houston. And hopefully it's scary and it's exciting to watch. Yeah. I think this team is hungry. Like they're really fun and they've always kind of been fun to watch. But like you said, you have a lot of talent, you have a lot of names, but their identity was what was missing. And I I feel like we kind of saw that, especially right at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They had just super indominant, crazy game. Um, but at the same time, you know, just being able to split duties with Miles Garrett is is huge because 
Miles Garrett's the guy who constantly talks about getting double teamed. Obviously, Clowney is the same type of talent on the line where people yeah. are really focused on him. They're they're pulling two guys over there. So to have these guys be able to split that up, I'm very excited. Um, no one in their division should be excited. No. At no. all. It's, it's going to be tough. And I'm going to be honest. I know you love the Browns. You are a fan of the Browns. But this was a team that I had a hard time rooting for. Like, I just, I couldn't feel it. I couldn't get behind it. And now, towards the end of last season, this move, I don't know. Like, I'm getting excited to watch them. I love everything that they're doing. I think they are making all the right moves to make it to that next level. Because this season, they were good. Like, they were stronger than they've been, but they still didn't have, like, that oomph that they no. needed. And I think now they're getting that. So I am – this is so weird for me to say. I'm going to get so much hate from my friends who heard me, like, diss them all season. But I am – Last episode? Last episode when you diss them, too? <laughs> I, could, I, I know. And now – well, I'm a fan of Jadavian Clowney, minus um, Seahawks versus Eagles playoff game. Yeah. We take that out. I just like – like, I like – not that I like dirty players, like I'm not going to say that, but I like when they have that edge. Like I like, and I like his vibe. Like I like everything about him. So with that being said, and I love Miles Garrett. So who knows? Maybe I will somewhat like the Browns this season because I am I am getting hyped for them. Look, I, I, it's all about growth. And I'll tell you, as I get older, I find myself saying I'm a fan of almost every team in this league. Yes. Just because I think I'm... I don't ever want to say I'm a fan of a player because I'm definitely, I cannot, there's nothing I can't relate to more than someone who's like, I'm a LeBron James fan. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> you good, bro? Like, they own, like, every jersey he's ever been in with every team he's ever been with. And I'm just like, that's something I cannot relate to. Like, I'm a big team person. But also, I just think the way that the narratives, the cultures, like, you're seeing these teams come together and you're getting to know players in a way that you weren't able to just with social media and they have so much personality. So I feel like the older I get, like it's a true sign of growth that hey. I just like almost every team in the league yes. to some extent. No, I was, when I first, like when I was in high school and I like decided, I was like, yep, I'm going to be in sports media. All I really knew was the Eagles. And that's what yeah. I devoted all of my time. Like th that was all I knew. And like, I felt weird at first, like, like getting excited for other teams. And now I'm at the point where like every single game, there's something to root for and there's something to be excited about. So it is, it's a sign of maturity. We are growing up. It is. Look, Look at us. Yeah. Growth. <laughs> Growth. Yeah. But yeah. So, you know, good on us. Predicted this. Love that for us. We are one in probably 10 at this point. <laughs> Who knows? We're not tracking because no. we God should. Forbid. We should. We should. We, we, should. Should we Especially now that we got one right. We'll start with this one. They yeah. Say we're one for one. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> we should do, we should do like mock drafts, maybe first round and then post them so people can see them. But we're definitely going to do week by week picks when the season starts. I love it. So, so that'll be a thing, but yeah, yeah. stay tuned, but let's talk Julian Edelman because this was the, wow. I feel like every week we have like this heart wrenching thing happened it was drew Brees. it was whatever and now it's julian edelman retiring yeah. 12 years with the patriots his entire career three super bowls um we'll we'll discuss the hall of fame stuff i can't a after after this <laughs> but you know i am very impressed with how this was done both on his end but also by the team yes 
because obviously they cut him due to failed physical. He's been injured up and down, but the real reason for this is so he can collect about $2 million of his base salary through Mm -hmm. the NFL's essentially like injury, what's it called? Injury protection benefit program. So he's essentially going to collect his base salary of this year, even though he's retiring. And I think that speaks volumes to the kind of person he was, the impact he had on this franchise, the impact he had on not only the front office, but the coaching staff, the players and the fans. So I don't know. It's it's very heartwarming. Like there's not a lot of negativity around this story, which I like. Yeah, no, it was very, it was, he's like, let's look at it on. He turns 35 next month. Like yeah. up there for a receiver. He only played six games last year because of injury. He's had his career and now like Brady's gone. Gronk's like all of the guys that he really got to like celebrate those big moments with. They're all off doing other things now. So I think he just sat back. He was like, this is best for me. This is best for my family. And I'm going to be honest though. I first saw on Twitter. It was like Julian Edelman's contract was terminated due to a failed physical. My immediate reaction was like, Oh my God, he's going to end up on the box because I just, (laughs) that was literally where my, I was like, that's where he's going. Just that seemed to be the trend. I was like, is this really what's happening right now? I literally, I tweeted out, Evan tweeted back to me. and was like, no. So sorry, Evan. Um, (laughs) That's literally where my mind first went. And then it was like 20 minutes later. It was like, this is a retirement. Like this is for his retirement. This is to help him. And then I got sad. And then he posted Foxborough forever. So really the whole thing was extremely wholesome. I think it was the right timing for him. I couldn't see him coming out this season, especially with the way the team's changing too, I think they're just like moving in like a rebuild situation. So I think it worked out best for everybody and it couldn't have, it was, it was just super wholesome. It was, it was wholesome. I, I think everyone saw this coming and yeah. I think they wanted to give it as much time as possible to develop. And if he was going to play or he could play, then he would have played. Um, But I think they saw it coming, right? You saw it. They they spent a lot of money. And to be fair, they spent money all over the field at every position on their team, essentially. crafted a new team. Right. (laughs) But they got guys like Kendrick Bourne. They went out and got Nelson Aguilar. So I think those are kind of moves that indicate, here's an insurance policy. And here's an insurance policy because on the inside of this organization, you know that this is most likely going one of two ways and that, and the most likely way is retirement. Now I, for one, never really thought that he was going to end up on the box. Like I know that that was the hot button topic (laughs) as soon as he announced it, but I was, I was just kind of like, I, so I dissected Tom Brady's Instagram post Obviously, because I was like, if anyone is going to make a joke or a sly comment about him going to Tampa Bay, it's going to be Tom Brady. Exactly. Because he's like Florida Brady now. He's that guy who would post a joke in an Instagram caption because apparently he's social media is now. And so, you know, I I just expected him to throw in like, see, you would look great in red or something dumb, right? Like I expected him to just come in and, and really make a joke. But I think he hit on, you know, his family and and what's next for him. And Julian Edelman is a guy who does have, you know, off the field ventures going on. He's got his own stuff going on. He's got a family now. He's a very different guy than he was, you know, even two, three years ago in this league. So this move seems great for him. Now, the question that people can't let anyone have anything, right? Like, I mean, he retires and in a matter of days, we're already arguing over whether he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm just like, let it breathe. Yes. Let him retire, please. Like we just said, like, he went out in, like, a graceful way. Like, it was 
on both ends and awesome, just a great way to like great career, great way to end it. And then all of a sudden immediate art. And somehow how did this turn into an Eli hall of fame argument as well? Like it's Julian Edelman that retired. Why is Eli like one of the top trends in this right now? Like, I don't understand how we went from like, all. Oh, great receiver, great career to let's fight over him and let's fight over Eli. Like <laughs> it's also, why are we comparing? Like I, I, that is a, that's one of my biggest pet peeves about sports fans in general, back to the like LeBron James, Michael Jordan thing. I'm like, can we just admit that they're both the best players of all time at their respective generation or era in the league? And that's kind of how I feel about this. It's there's so many people. Did you see LaShawn McCoy? Yes. Okay. He went off. He went off, but I'm like, why why is this about you? Like I yeah. get he's probably close to retirement as well. So keeping that in mind, maybe this is something that's already on his mind, but yeah. I don't know, to be like to be like Julian Edelman doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame, but I on the other hand do. Yeah. And then <laughs> like, okay. Shady. <laughs> uh quite literally but yeah he first of all he contradicted his point he was like well his regular season stats don't match up with his postseason stats but then when he was making the case for himself he's like not to mention my postseason performances yeah, and my no, two Super Bowls and I was like oh oh they matter for you Julian Edelman the only person that is above him in postseason receptions is Jerry Rice like right. like what? you can't knock Julian Edelman's postseason production like it's unbelievable but, but state your case go ahead all right where's all right i've been waiting for this moment um, <laughs> i've been fighting with people all week it's been my favorite it's really been like what's gotten me here um so i personally don't think off the bat julian edelman should be a hall of fame receiver i think you can make the case like you had guys like to who one i will say should have been in much earlier than he did but yeah. like he waited forever to get inducted so maybe down the road the only requirement that i am asking before julian edelman ever does if he ever does get inducted i want chad ochocinco in the hall of fame before julian edelman yes just because that is well deserved the only reason he isn't is just honestly to be brutally honest his relationship with the media yeah. That that's the only reason he is not in the Hall of Fame because numbers, his production on the field, the way he changed the position, like you cannot look at that and say he is not a Hall of Fame receiver. Julian Elliman, on the other hand, is not that guy. He worked great on the Patriots. Him and Tom Brady had a great relationship. Like, I'm not going to sit there and say he didn't have a great career, but this is the Hall of Fame. This isn't the Hall of Very Good, and that's what he is. And, like, his postseason, absolutely incredible, but Tyreek has 17 more touchdowns than him, yeah. and he's only been in the league for five years. Like, he was great on this team, but overall comparing him to other receivers in the league over decades, like he just doesn't match up. So you can make the argument. I get it. He's a three-time Super Bowl winner. He was Super Bowl MVP, his postseason stats. I see it, but I just can't wrap my head around it, especially when they're uh, – Heinz Ward is not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So and Julian Edelman can't be until these guys are. It just doesn't seem fair to me. I feel you. I, I have the same feeling. And I think right now the people that are arguing very hard to make the case of him belonging there are really just, we're in this moment where we've, he's been such a fixture in the NFL for exactly. 12 years, right? So we don't know the NFL. Most of us, I, I guess our generation, I mean, 12 years ago, yeah, I was watching football, but like the times that I was 
talking about it and, and living and breathing it. Julian was there. Yeah, he's been there, right? And so I think it, it it's going to be the same and not the same because Tom Brady is going to be a Hall of Famer regardless. But we're not going to have to converse it. Like it's just going to happen. <laughs> right. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be equally as hard when that happens because you're so used to him being the NFL, right? So, and I think Julian Edelman is, is kind of the same where we're so used to hearing his name. Obviously the Patriots dominated for most of his career. So he's used to being a big name. We're used to seeing him, hearing him, all of that. And I think right now it's so fresh, but when we look back at the end of next season or maybe in a couple of years, I, I don't know. I think it's a great success story. I think it's, phenomenal it's a it's like we said it's very wholesome he's a seventh round draft pick he was a quarterback at Kent State came in played wide receiver never done that before then he's returning punts like great success story fantastic heartwarming wholesome he won them the Super Bowl against the foul like and then he was MVP against the like he has had an excellent career and like me saying he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame isn't like taking from that at all Like we can all sit here and acknowledge how great of an athlete he is, how great of a person, how great of a teammate. But when you're looking at Hall of Fame receivers, like this is like the highest honor. And I just numbers wise, I just don't see it. I'm not seeing it. I, yeah, I'm just also too, like when you look at the Patriots, it's not like they were overwhelmed with talent, right? Right. They were never that team. They were never the big spenders. They were never, they kind of made what they had work and they, the system worked more than the talent itself worked. Um, Obviously Tom Brady is like we said, an exception to that, but I think for the most part, like he was never really competing with that many receivers. Like there were guys in and out obviously, but he Mm -hmm. was a, a steady fixture, a guy that Tom Brady trusted, a guy that he liked. But at the end of the day, like you're not putting up numbers that showcase that. So I think that's kind of my main thing. I think he's really good at doing his job, but until you're exceptional and you exceed every expectation for your position, I don't know that the Hall of Fame conversation belongs. No, I agree with that. If anything, I I think this just makes the case more for Tom Brady being one yeah. of the best quarterbacks ever. The fact that like, let, if Julian Edelman was with any other quarterback for his entire career, I don't even know if he would have accomplished half as much as he did. Like, because like, the argument that people are saying is three-time Super Bowl champion, I don't think they would have done that without Brady. You can't do no. that without Brady. So the fact that he is literally in this conversation because of all that, that literally just emphasizes Tom Brady's talent and his importance. So yeah, you know, another Tom Brady compliment. Oh, I know we you hate to see it, but I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's a fun conversation to have, but I'm also just going to say, let's let him have retirement. Let's let us have his retirement because we're all arguing about everything. Can we just enjoy him, his video, his sentiment? So like I was like teary eyed. I know. And I'm like, I have no reason to be. No, nothing for the Patriots. And yet watching Julian Edelman Foxborough forever retiring has me like nearly in tears. You know what I will say? I think overall in life, I'm not a big, I'm a big crier. Don't get me wrong. Like I'll do like a car. Yeah, I cry all the time. Like shower cries, car cries. It's not as sad as it sounds. Okay. It just is the fact of, (laughs) but things don't make me cry. Um, Like movies, shows, 
like real life stories don't make me cry the way sports do. Like I will say that I think when the draft comes around, I am I have the tissues ready because when they do the stories or like when Deshaun Watson read the letter from his mom, I was in I was a mess. Yes. Like I can't contain myself. Anytime it's a sports story or an athlete story, I'm I'm don't talk stories last year were they brought up like every single person in their family that has ever died. And I'm like, why are all of these so heartbreaking? Well, last year they had to make it that way because it was virtual. So they had to give some sort of like you had to make up for the fact that it was weird and awkward and like Zoom meeting feel by making it extra emotional. So on top of being like we you know, are sending all these messages to first responders and stay strong America. Cause you have to remember this was a month after everything yeah, no, started in the heart of everything. Yeah. So it was fresh. So we're all emotional anyways. <laughs> and then on top of that, you're adding all of this stuff about how like we're sticking together and we're all performative or not. Yeah. They're doing it. I'm crying. Yeah. And then you get the draft stories of these kids and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. No, it was, it was very overwhelming. And like, I, I am, I am like, and I'm a Taylor Swift person too. Like that just shows like, so like I cry over like, and if I step on an ant, like I'll cry. Like I am just that. <laughs> so all these stories, like everything just gets to me and it hits me so hard. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. Happy stories, sad stories. I'll, I'll sob to anything. Dude. <laughs> so I want to say a month after Drew Brees' last game. A solid month, right? Not that long ago. I was sourcing images for work (laughs) of Drew Brees and the most recent photos, given the fact that obviously they don't take a lot of photos off the field, were him walking out of the Superdome. The kiss and the look back. The look back, the wave, the look up, the tears in the eyes. I was sitting at my desk crying over these photos that I had seen multiple times. I watched the game. I watched it happen live. I had come to terms with the fact that he would probably be retiring and I was still sitting there sobbing. I was like, this is not okay. You know, I was, when he announced his retirement, I was drunk in Applebee's drinking margaritas with my friend who knows absolutely nothing about football. And I'm sitting there crying at Applebee's. And I was like, Drew Brees just retired. And my friend's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. It matters. Okay. <laughs> it's a big like, deal. Cry with me. <laughs> yeah. No, I get emotional over everything. So this is no exception to that. I'm going to watch it 400 times. Oh, yeah. When um, I want to get in my feels. It's fine. It's fine. Everything. Fine. Yeah. I like how it's two people that are super emotional telling each other it's fine. To just it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, it's hundred percent normal. I love how I'm like, I cry all the time, like in the shower, in the car, like every day. And you're just like, me, that's me too. And I'm like, people listening are probably like, people listening are probably like, see a therapist. Yeah, like, not okay. For help. Yeah. This isn't okay. All right. Well, right, here's something we don't have to cry over. On that note, on that note, let's move out of this before we get please. any more depressing. James Connor to the Arizona Ooh, Cardinals. Love this. This for was him. something we talked about. We now this was one. Jadamian Clowney, you especially, you called this. We were all hype on that. James Connor, we were super unsure what was yeah. going to happen to him just because he's. I don't. I just don't trust him injury wise. If he's healthy, he's a great guy to have. He's a great back. And Arizona, they lost Kenyon Drake. They needed depth. But like, I don't know. I'm happy about this just because I'm happy for them. He's next to a young guy. Like, I think this could be really good. What do you think? 
Yeah, I like this. I like him yeah. and Chase Edmonds together. I think they're going to bring out personality-wise the best in one another. And I think they are really going to be able to drive this kind of tone of the offense that I yeah. think was a little bit lacking last year, if I have to say it nicely. I just I think another team where they have all this talent, all this potential. I think they were so many people's dark horse picks for the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season, but fell flat. And I think a lot of that had to do with identity. So I think this is a great move for them. I think for him, like when you look at what Cliff Kingsbury is trying to do there, he's really making these guys be pass catching backs. So I think that works out well for him because yeah. that is exactly what he did in Pittsburgh, right? He he caught 80 something percent of his passes, right? And that's crazy. So he's a running back catching 80 something, 81 or 2 percent of his targets. So this is a perfect situation for him. It's a perfect scheme for him. He gets to reunite with his position coach, James Saxon. Mm -hmm. So for him, this really is good vibes all around so yeah. far. Um, but I also think for them too, right? Because this frees them up. They're sitting at number 16 in the draft. So for them, now they can address one of their other needs without trying to clamor for the top running back or trying yeah. to fill a spot. Now they can really take the best available in the draft, which I think just opens up their opportunities a, a lot more. Absolutely. And for they said him and Edmonds are going to be splitting reps. And yeah. I also think that helps because now Edmonds gets the chance to kind of learn from James Conner, who's been in the league, who know like it's great to like kind of build him up, but then also you're taking some of the pressure off James Conner because we've talked about it. The Steelers lack in the running back position right now. Yeah. And I think now having him like you know he's gone, you know, like they can go for this now and they know where what they have to work on. So now for him, you're splitting the reps. You don't have to worry as much. Like all of the weight isn't on your shoulders, which honestly, even that factor alone could help him like open up because it's not as stressful. Like, yeah. you know, you know, you have options. Like it, I think it's going to work really well. I'm super excited for them this season. I remember when JJ Watt first went there, I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, I, I didn't understand it. I didn't see it coming. And now I just think this team is coming together so strong. I'm not going to sit here and say they're making a Super Bowl run this season, but I think they're going to be, they, they could, I'm not saying they maybe, can, but I love them. I, like, this is going to be one of the teams that I get super excited about. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm excited to watch them. I think this is fun. I just think, like you said, when you take the pressure off, I kind of think about it similar to what OBJ dealt with in Cleveland yeah. when they tried to make him be everything, right? Like you catch one one-handed catch in a game and then suddenly you have to be like the guy who does everything. Yeah. And I think that was a huge mistake, which they realized. And since they've kind of pulled back the expectations and really allowed him to kind of stay in his lane, do what he does best and just do his job, right? Like yeah. play your role and play it well. And I think that's worked out really well for him. And I think that goes across the board. When you let these guys, when you take all that pressure off and you just say, hey, do what you do really well, right? Like be the best James Conner you can be because mm -hmm. that's that's the guy who's going to come in and win you games. I think that it just allows him to be way more relaxed. It's going to yeah. allow them to have this one-two punch, which is really going to give each guy a clear role of, of when they're going to come in the game, what that workload looks like, what to expect, they don't have to. I, I also think this is helpful for his injury history, right? Because exactly. you're taking all that pressure off. And to be fair, he missed one game in 2020. So we're on the right track trajectory wise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's a good situation all around. I think there's still some non-believers in the Cardinals, but I'm going to tell you, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to say, I say they get a sneaky little 
I would to love get to the postseason. If you want a playoff run, I yeah. fully support it 100%. Especially, and the NFC, it is, we say this division is the toughest in football, especially like yes. the, it's brutal because I feel like all of the teams in there, they're all on that same level of like good and they're all playoff teams. They all could be super whole dark horse. Like, you just don't know. There's yeah. so much talent there. So that, I think, like, imagine if this team was in the NFC East. Bam. Immediate yeah. playoffs. Like, yeah. So that's the only thing that I think could throw a wrench in there. But I fully believe in them. I, I'm all in on the Cardinals right now. I love you. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. And I think it's fun because, and we can use this to transition to our next topic, but I think it's really fun because this opens their draft up a ton. And for them, they're a very receiver. I don't want to say receiver needy team because they do have Larry Fitzgerald as their one. They've got AJ Green now, um, who's a fine two. But I do think they need like a young guy to bring in. Oh, and I oh, they have my the love of my life. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. That's true. That's true, too. That's I, true too. I know you said, like, I am one of those people for DeAndre Hopkins. At, like, uh, watching him play, like, I could – I just think he is so incredible. Like, yeah. the way he moves – I am in all of him. And his whole story, like, everything, his mo- – like, I just love everything about him as a person, as a player. So, I have I root for him no matter what, always. Even if he plays against my Eagles, I was like, I don't even care as long as DeAndre Hopkins does well. Like, I – it's just amazing. Yeah. Sorry, I saw my little DeAndre Hopkins right You know what I love about him, too, is – he what did he do when he caught that incredible catch last season he went and like sold the freaking pictures the moments the gloves and he like monetized the crap out of it he posted on social and then he was like the best caption for this wins or whatever so he he's just a guy who knows how to interact with fans and i always appreciate that yeah an athlete so he's love that for him 10 out of 10 Andre hopkins i'm your number one fan yeah, but I I do think like with those guys on that team, right? I don't know how long AJ Green will be there. I think Larry Fitzgerald's obviously great, but I could see them taking it was a receiver in yeah. the first round, especially um, kind of with the guys that are there. But yeah, this just opens them up, so I'm excited to see what they do. 16 is a weird spot to be in for the draft. It's yeah. not super ideal, but I think this allows them to not stress as much. They get to take best available and whatever that is for them. I know they need. They need quite a few things. They need some defensive help. They also yeah. could use a new right wide receiver. So we'll see. But yeah, fun. I'm They're excited. a fun team. But yeah, no, let's get into last week. We focused mainly top quarterbacks, where we think that we're going to go, where they, where they are going to go. So now we can focus on receivers because this is a very quarterback heavy draft. There is also a lot of receiver talent. That's time. Yeah. And, like, I think you can kind of separate it to, like, top tier and bottom tier. But, like, in that top, like, you can kind of rotate. And it honestly is going to come down to what guy best fits the, a team. And yeah. like, who's left and where your team is at. Because, like, I think we can all say Jamar Chase is probably, like, above the level above everybody else. Because he's kind of the whole package. But then yeah. you have guys like Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle who – realistically have both have pros and cons and it's just going to come down to what what team what whether or not they're available what team needs them and then like if they're both there it's going to be like all right well who's best going to fit our scheme and like I think that's just what it's going to come down to because I don't think you can go wrong with either of those two guys yeah I think it's going to be really hard 
to predict what these draft picks are going to be. I think you can kind of look scheme wise, but I think a lot of so many things have changed with these top teams that are drafting, right? Like a lot of these teams are just changing in the way where we don't necessarily know what they're going to look like. Like they could be a brand new team when they come out. So I think, like you said, there's just no number one guy. Like maybe there is a number one guy, but I feel like these are, these guys could, they could all go in the top 10. Some of them could fall to the end of the first round. Some of them could fall to the second round. And I wouldn't be that surprised because there's so many needs for these teams at so many different positions, but similar to quarterbacks. I mean, besides Trevor Lawrence, all those guys are, going to be fit specific, yes. right? Like they're all it, great. Yeah. So they're all great in their own unique ways, but where do you want to start on this list? I think let's start with Jamar Chase just okay. because I think he's going to be the first one to go with the way, with everything I've been looking at, with everything, with the way everything seems to be falling. Now I do want to preface. I still think there's still going to be some movement with draft order. Yeah. I, yeah. there's a couple of things that I could see happening. One, I think, don't think the Falcons are lasting at four. I just can't see it with the way they're so open about trading back. There is going to be a team that gets desperate and needy and gives up too much. And the Falcons get lucky and take it. Like, I just can't, if you say you're open to trading back, someone is going to make the move and make it happen. Yeah. So I can't see the Falcons lasting at four. If anything, I can see the Patriots or the Broncos. You talked a lot about the Broncos last week. I can see either of them moving up to that number four spot, but I also saw a lot of talk between the Lions and the Broncos switching seven and nine, and I think that would be a great move too, especially if the Patriots sneak up to four. So there's still a lot that could happen. There's a lot on the table. So like, it's a lot of like, if this happens, then this person falls here. But overall, I have a feeling it's going to be, my gut reaction is telling me it's going to be quarterback one, two, three, four. Mm Mm-hmm. Bengals at five. If you don't take Penny Sewell, yes, if you, yeah, like, you have to, especially after Joe Burrow's injury. So now that wipes off one, two, three, four, five right off the table. Mm-hmm. Like, I can honestly see Jamar Chase being the first receiver to go and not going until number eight on the Panthers. Yeah, I could see that as well. I, I and I think you look at these teams that are sitting there, right? And where is my even draft order? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so the Dolphins, um, you know, could go either way. Uh, the Lions, the exactly. Panthers, like all of those teams, like you look at this list, right? Like just one through 20, there's so many teams on here that need a wide receiver, but also need other stuff. Exactly. So, I don't know, but I could see that. And I could, and especially if, if all the trades that I'm thinking could potentially happen, the, that's all going to be quarterback and offensive lineman. If Kyle Pitts is still available for the Dolphins at six, that's the guy they're going to take. I have no doubt in my mind if he is. And I will love it because we know I could sit here and talk for an hour straight about Kyle Pitts and how hype I am to see him in the league. If he's not going to fall to my Eagles, I want him on the Dolphins because they are my number two. I love this team. I would, if he, I'm telling you right now, if he goes there, immediate jersey purchase, <laughs> it, like no hesitation, I'm buying it on the spot. So yeah. that I would love to see, and that's why I think there is a chance Jamar Chase falls. I think that he would be great on the Panthers, especially now they got Sam Darnold. You get him this new young receiver who is insanely talented. I just think it'd be a good fit. And then after that, it's kind of just, it's gonna be this draft. Like we talked about it, especially with this postseason too. We wanted a like 
exciting offseason. And I want to say I want the draft to be just as exciting. Like I want the third overall pick to be something like super random that just throws yeah. everything off. But then also I'm super nervous for that because then it throws everything off and I'm going to yeah. be anxiety ridden all yeah. night. It's tough. Uh, I, yeah, I like this guy. I mean, I think, like you said, he could really go to any of these teams and he'd be great. He's very yeah. much your classic receiver. He's, he's going to go up. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to contest. He's going to win contested catches. He's going to run and he's going to get yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reminds me so much of DeAndre Hopkins, which I think is funny why um, we just talked about your affinity for DeAndre Hopkins. And then you're like, love Jamar Chase. I'm like, yeah. that makes sense. Because like when I oh, see yeah. him, he's very Hopkins-esque in the way he plays. And and I think the same will be said about his fit with whatever team he ends up on. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I like him. I, I don't know. I think he could go anywhere. And that's honestly, spoiler alert, what I'm going to say about a lot of these guys because yeah. – like I said, I I don't know. Um, and I think there's, you know, like guys that I, I know the Dolphins have mentioned Jamar Chase as far as oh, they liking him, him a lot. They love yeah. him. They've looked at him a lot. Um, again, I feel like anything could happen. So he could definitely go there. But like you said, he could definitely fall. And we yeah. have no proof. So no, it's mm-hmm. going to be, especially because like we've talked about this too, like 49ers traded up. They're now at third overall. I think they kind of control wh- what direction the draft goes in because if they surprise us all and they take either Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, like do something, then all of a sudden you have an extra quarterback available. Like everything gets shifted. So it's literally yeah. going to come down to draft. So I can sit here and give you an entire prediction. We'll do our mock drafts and I'll give you all of my thoughts, but realistically everything is going to change because there are so many directions that all these teams could go in. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to need. And I've seen a lot of drafts where mock drafts, where the Bengals take Jamar chase and they totally like, which I don't think is best for them. Like protect Joey, please. Like, yeah. Yeah. I like, there's so much that could happen, but I think no matter what, like you said, he's just that, complete package receiver that any team is going to be lucky to get him because he just kind of comes. He already looks like he's NFL ready. So I'm excited for wherever he ends up, wherever that may be. Yeah, for sure. And I think Cincinnati is one I saw as well too. And I think that is so much storyline just coming down to like LSU with LSU and just, and really wanting that kind of storybook, you know, totally get that. I get it. I get it. But like, if this was any other year where there, where the quarterback talent wasn't so through the roof and there wasn't so much of it, Sewell's the kind of guy that could go and should go like number one overall. Like, yeah, that's not something you I can't walk to, away from. Yeah, that. especially when like you need someone like that. Yeah, it's ex- it's exactly what you need and the yeah. best possible guy probably within five years of NFL drafts that you're going to get at that position. Mm-hmm. So to walk away from that just because look, they're, they're classmates they or they're, together. they yeah. play together. How fun. Yeah. Um, I don't see that happening, but you know, I, I do see, I think Miami's really would be good for him. I think there's mm-hmm. probably some other guys that might fit their scheme a little better, but um, I mean, it'd be fun. The only thing is I do think he needs um, like a really kind of structured quarterback, like a quarterback who is a little more veteran status, a yeah. little more comfortable. Um making those big plays or has the leeway to make those big plays. Not to say that Miami won't allow that to happen because that things can change. We've seen such a small sample size of what 
they are at the quarterback position mm-hmm. and, and who they are and what that scheme looks like on offense. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I would like to see him with a little more, I guess, years and experience in a quarterback. But, um, I mean, you're not really going to get that besides, I mean, maybe in Detroit, but even then, yeah, if I you- mean – and there okay. is like like where I'm hyping all this up. Jamar Chase is going to be. There's a chance that a team just totally falls in love with Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle and like takes them. Yeah. Like, like th- yeah. there's so much. I think Jamar Chase probably should just because like there are not. I don't even want to say red flags with Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith, but like they just don't seem as complete as he is. Yeah, and I think let's let's dive into those. Okay, we'll, we'll start with Devontae Smith and my main reason for kind of just being, and I'm not immune to it because I definitely kind of came into this off season, just kind of being like, they're all right, you know? And I, they're, they're fine. They're great. Like, obviously that team is fantastic clearly, but um, yeah, I I just think the main thing there is that when you look at (laughs) the system that Smith and Waddle were in, as far as having a, stacked wide receiver room having a stacked offense that ball gets spread around Jamar Chase didn't necessarily have that um he was way more relied upon than these two were individually so I think that plays into it right I I just don't think we saw everything that we would have wanted to see out of Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle I think Jalen Waddle more so um the guy that we just didn't see enough of but what we did see was extremely impressive and coming out of Alabama it's, it's not you know it's a it's a strong safe gamble to take on a wide receiver um but Devonte smith to me in my head mm-hmm. he's my number one just because of the style the way he plays i like that no um, that's actually crazy you say that because i was super nervous i was gonna say there's so much about Jalen waddle i like Devonte smith more than Jalen waddle like i yeah, think he should go before too. him so and i was nervous to say that so I'm very glad that we are on the same page there. And I think people are going to be scared of him because they're like, he's skinny. He's and I'm small. like, yeah. But then you see guys like Robbie Anderson, who are literally the size of my pinky finger, who are coming out and like, that shouldn't, he can still like break tackles. He doesn't drop. Yeah. Like there is so much there that I just think he needs. And like, put him in a way, he can put on, that's something that you can fix. Like that's you what him right, you yeah. get it. Exactly. So I'm like, that's not something that should be deterring you from taking him. Like, yeah. And I think too, you haven't seen any effects from his size. Right. And I think that's the thing is when you think about what they challenged him to do in Alabama, like not only did they run him in the slot, they ran him as a wide out. They ran him in the Z position. They pretty much put him in every role that you can put him in. And he dominated. He killed everybody. Right. so excited that we both are excited about him. I love him. I love yes. him. I th- he's a small guy. He plays aggressively. He plays physically. He wins contested catches. Statistically, he's a guy that gets yards after the run. He breaks tackles. He does those things consistently, game in and game out. Game out. And I just think it's very interesting that he's not higher on the list yeah. of most people. Like I have seen, you know, those rogue few who are coming in to defend him, but I just think you know, he can do so many things as good or better than a lot of these guys on this list. He remind he's very Stefan Diggs. If I had to compare him to anyone, he's, he's just a very, like, he's just dynamic. I, I like him. Like every challenge he faced at Alabama, he overcome her, he overcame. And then he was able to dominate opponents. You saw him. You, I, 
it's almost like people didn't realize that he was being shifted around and used in a different way every game because he was performing at the same level, right? Yeah. And usually when they you do that, especially to college players, you see a huge drop off in productivity or you see a huge spike depending on what the move is. Mm -hmm. And for him to be able to move so seamlessly between all of those positions, all those roles and do his job every single week, it's it's extremely impressive. And yeah. and I'm I think he's a guy that is going to fall way lower than he should. And honestly, when I was, when we were talking about Arizona and the Cardinals and what they might need, this is a guy that screams Cardinals to me. Just I'll fight him. Just, I'm you know, my Eagles now <laughs> I mean, look, they're picking 12. So it could it definitely happen. I have a feeling if Jalen Waddle is there, I feel like they'd take him. Yeah. Which is model sounds like a Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah. Is that just me? There's like, no, I can totally see that. I, totally I can see his that. name on the Eagles jersey. Oh. And I don't know if it's just me, but that's how I visualize things. I'm like, can I envision that person playing with this team? No, I'm still, I'm still uh falling asleep at night dreaming about pits in an Eagles jersey. Like, what are the off? Can you imagine? But knowing my luck, this would happen. We have like that perfect draft. Everything falls into place where Pitts just keeps falling and falling. He's available for the Eagles, and then they don't take him. Like that would I either way, I feel like after the Eagles pick, okay, there's a handful of scenarios that are gonna happen on draft night for you. And it's either gonna be one, Kyle Pitts is there, they take him, you're you're offline. So a, yeah, you no, are I'm celebrating, fine. you're done, <laughs> you're done, your life is made. Kyle Pitts is there, they don't take him, done. No don't one talk, takes me. Don't talk to you. Yeah. Kyle Pitts goes early. And they pick a Jalen Waddle or yeah. someone else. Which and I'm you're fine. fine. You're fine. Or they go completely rogue and yeah. all of them. And then they take a quarterback. So this draft is going to be very interesting for me. I'm very excited. But Jalen Waddle, I mean, I'm not upset about that if they if that's what they were to do. Yes. Um, another Ooh. guy I could also see go to the Cardinals. So I'm, you know, I think he he could fall. I think he he's either going to go Absolutely. too high or he's going to fall. And there's going to be no in between. And there's also like, there's guys like Elijah Moore who I think are going to fall that are also very talented, like not being talked about, like a dark horse. Yeah. Like, like I, I see him in some first rounds, but like not most. And I think like watching him, I like him. Like there's something about him. He makes tough catches. He's great at breaking tackles. Like there's something there that, can I feel like is going to transfer well into the NFL, which is something that doesn't always happen. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's so many of these receivers specifically, like Bateman's another one that comes to mind, but yeah. a lot of these guys that just to me aren't necessarily number one receivers. So you're not going to see them go to teams that need that like really solid number one receiver on their roster. They're probably going to look and try to do more, or they already have Titans to do someone like these guys. Maybe they're sitting at 22 though. So that's tough. They would and like there are like these guys are guys that could fall in the second round, but I think the talent is there yeah. to produce and do and like maybe not be your number one guy, but like have that backup and that security. Like you know you can like run these extra plays and you have these guys there. Yeah, and I think. I think a lot of these top guys that we're, we've just been talking about, I don't want to say a lot of them, but I do think a handful of them 
will end up on teams that are a little more ready to make that push into a postseason and yeah. and probably go there for the first time in a while. Um, and there's a there's a lot of those teams on the board, right? There's a lot of those teams that we've been talking about that need that one piece or that that one missing thing that we just can't put our fingers on. And I think these guys might be those missing pieces, or at least they might think that they're going to be those missing pieces and take them. So I think it'll be interesting. But yeah, I don't know that any of these guys besides maybe the top one or two are going to come out and immediately be the face of the franchise at the receiver position. But I do think a lot of them, I think there's going to definitely be some bargain shopping. I could see some of these guys falling to two and whatever team gets them just cashing out during the season. Cause I think that always happens. So, and those are storylines I love. love Yes. Those are my favorite. It's especially like you have guys like DK Metcalf and like, yeah, I hate to keep bringing up the Eagles, but like we get a lot of hate. Like you, we didn't take DK Metcalf. I even say it all the time. I'm like, we could have had DK Metcalf, but like everybody could have had DK Metcalf. You know how many people could have had Patrick Mahomes? Like, come on now, come on. Like it's, I mean, and the Justin Jefferson one, I can be pretty pissed about because like that. That's fair. Yeah, but like DK, like every team could have had DK, and see, they just got lucky. Like they were just took a chance, and it paid off. Big time. It also guys like that. And I think there's going to be guys. I mean, in every draft, you're going to have guys that do something amazing this year. It's different because DK Metcalf, his combine performance was so strong where he kind of wasn't on anyone's radar besides just being like a ginormous human being. But then you see his 40 yard and you're just like, Oh, a ginormous fast human Uh, being i am convinced he's a robot i don't know how he's real like i don't know how he does the things he does it really uh perplexes me because like how genuinely how how are you all muscle like how do you move that quickly he's gonna be like five percent body fat yeah that no it's it literally it defies every like law of physics everything that we like it doesn't make any sense how he's as talented as he is it makes no sense. He's one of my favorite Instagram follows. He doesn't do anything interesting. I just, I love just seeing his posts. Yes. No, he is, he is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, but that's, that's the thing, right? Is there's every, in every draft, there's going to be a guy that people are like, could have had that guy. Should have yep. taken that guy. Hindsight is 2020 when it comes to the draft. Always. Yep. Patrick Mahomes is a perfect example of that because the amount of teams that could have had him. Mm-hmm is almost every team in this league. Yep. So let's just put that into perspective. And if anyone had known or had the foresight, then he would have gone number one overall. But unfortunately, that's not it. That's not the case. But do you have any other wide receivers you want to mention? No, I think I hit all of my top guys. I'm going to make the case, Elijah Moore. Go, please. So that's... Yeah, no, I just, I feel like he, like, I just have very good vibes around him and like not being, he's being talked about, like he's like, he's in conversations, but like, he's not up there with Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase. Like those are the guys that everyone's focusing on and everyone's super hype about for obvious reasons. Like, but like, he's from Ole Miss, like, he's just not like at that level, but I think whatever team gets him, we are going to see him take that next step. And like, you're going to see him just excel. And that's why, like I said, the Titans, I kind of want him on a team. And I think he's going to fall that like, I don't think anyone's going to come in and take him early. If they do, 
it's because they watch this and they hear me hyping him up so much and they're getting super excited about him. But um, no, I just think he's going to fall and he's going to, especially there because they already have guys and like they're, they make their playoff team. They're a great team, but they can't, we said it at before, like they're a team. We can't see them getting to the Super Bowl. Like yeah. they just do little things. And if like this guy comes out and executes and is just this stud guy for them, like that could be all they need to take them and give them that push. And I don't want them to just because I don't, I don't want to say I don't like them, but like <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I don't like them. I just they're another team. Like I just for some reason I feel weird rooting for like I can't just like sit down and be like, yes, I'm gonna root for the Titans today. Like there are so uh, many teams yeah. that I just love and get excited about. Cardinals, Dolphins, I love the Raven. My whole I love the Ravens and the Steelers, who are like yeah. complete enemies, but like I don't even care. Yeah. I love them both. Mm -hmm. So like, and the Titans are just not one of those teams for me, unfortunately. Maybe it's because they knocked the Ravens out of the playoffs. Um when they were literally like my everything that season, maybe I'm just holding a grudge because I tend to do that, but I don't know. But like a team like them, Elijah Moore gets on and they kind of develop them. They give them that push and then he pops off. And that is kind of what I want to see from him. Look, I'm here for it. <laughs> I just hope that if that's true and that's the case, he doesn't don't let it be the time. And here's the thing. <laughs> I, like I said, growth and maturity. Oh, no. We're out here rooting for everybody, but that's not one of them. No offense. Yeah. I it like just, how just preached. We're growing. We're growing. Let's, we're, and we're like, except the Titans. <laughs> not the Titans. And nothing personal. It's just, well, actually it's only personal. Let me say that. It's only personal. It's not, it's nothing like, Nothing's wrong with you. No, I just you're a good team. I just have been bred for 26 years as a Jaguars fan. You are the enemy, the single enemy, right? The Colts are there, but even I was rooting for the Colts this year. I was like, look at what they're doing. That's fun. Ooh. They're fun to watch. Yeah. I'm excited. I wanted them to get in the playoffs. Like I was, I was very much, although we kept them, you know, on edge about that whole situation because they lost to us in week one. But, you know, I was like, from there on, I was like, yeah, I'm rooting for it. They're fun to watch. Yeah. The Titans, I'm just not there. I'm not over it. I think as a true football fan, you just have to have that one team that you just don't like. And it's it's only personal because it's your team's rival. Cowboys. And I feel like that's exactly. I feel like that's completely fair. It's like yeah. we're not – I'm not talking down. I'm not saying anything about your franchise. You, The fact that I don't like you is a sign that you've been – way too successful for my taste over the past few years. So um, that's how I'm, that's where I'm at with the Titans, but no, and I genuinely, and like you have like, they're your Cowboys. Like if, yes. So I totally get that. I don't even have like, I just, they are. And I think that's it. Like they win. I'm telling you, I think I'm literally holding a grudge from when I wanted Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to be the super, like I wanted them to take it all. That's like, that was my team. I literally, one of my best friends is a Ravens fan. There was a meme on Twitter that was like, have your, uh, uh, fans like uh, your Baltimore fans sign your bandwagon form, and I literally had literally had her like sign my permission slip and allow me to be this crazy Ravens fan that season. And then the Titans came out of nowhere and knocked him out of the playoffs, and I was like, "Are you kidding? Like, did that really just happen?" And so I think it is. It's nothing against them. They're a good team, and they come in and they win games that like still shocked. I don't even know why I get shocked anymore because they keep doing it. There's clearly something there that's working, but I just can't get behind it. I don't know why. I just, you know what? I'm just not there yet. Give me time. I'm still, I'm not going to be, I don't know that I 
will be there because I am just, it's my, it's my blood. It's what I was born yeah. into. I can't help it, but no, yeah, I'll never, I'll never be able to root for the Cowboys. The only time I ever rooted for the Cowboys was when Dak went down and I yes. wanted to come back and went, that was the only time I was ever like, I want the Cowboys to win this game. Yeah. Also, yeah. Also shout out Garrett Gilbert who started the next game and I was rooting for you the whole time. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll get there one day, maybe. I think I think the Jags just need to win one Super Bowl in my lifetime, and then I'll get over it. Yes, no, that's fair. That's very fair. Which I feel like is fair. Uh, like I'm even coming around to the Browns. I said that. Look, like it's on this episode. I like that came out of my mouth, and I got excited fair. about it. So who knows what the heck is about to happen right now? Hashtag <laughs> growth in 2021. But wait, before we go, I do want to talk. Did you see Trevor Lawrence's wedding photos? Yes. The one question I have, why wasn't his father-in-law wearing a shoe? Did you see that? One you shoe. One shoe got, no, I don't have a reason. But I don't, but like, the, the, I also cried at these. I was like, oh my God, she looked so beautiful. Like, she did. And everyone was like, why didn't he cut his hair? And I'm like, because that's the no. hair he's always had. Like, why would, like, they've been together forever. And all their old pictures, he has that old, like, that's him. Why would he cut his hair for, like, he's not going to change his appearance for his wedding. She knows who she's marrying. He's also 21 years old. Like, can we put this into perspective? Like, this only hurts my soul slightly because I'm just like not that close to marriage at all. And I'm 26, but it's fine. We're fine. Yeah, that's no, a I'm shower. Sorry. That's a shower cry after this episode. Yeah, no, it'll, a Taylor Swift shower cry. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's maybe a little car ride. Yeah, he's 21. He's 21. His whole and like his whole thing, like his whole life is about. He's about to get drafted. He just got married. Like this kid is probably just on a high that I will never get to experience. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I want to be on his level for yeah, sure. What I love the most about this whole thing is the Jaguars fans just have to involve themselves. Yes, no, that was so cute. They found his very cute. Very cute. They bought him the uh, the three hundred dollar touchscreen toaster. They also bought him a $1,000 espresso machine, I believe. So they did purchase those items on behalf of Jaguar Twitter and Jaguar fans. And I just thought that was pretty cute. You know, that is. it's like welcoming him. Yeah. It's exciting. I, I probably made him feel like it, that, like, cause when you know your fan base is excited for you and your fan base is going to support you, like that probably just makes it like next level. Like he's probably so ready for the draft and then to come out and but like he, and that probably just like, made everything 10 times more yeah it was pretty cute I, yeah. it was it was fun to read yeah i'll give that to you I'll that say was about it. pretty adorable yeah i know i was trying not to ho- not to be a homer but then i was like no it's pretty cute i'm gonna bring it up yeah no absolutely uh, that and then aaron Rodgers hosting uh jeopardy is pretty fun uh, i literally and him can we talk about for a sec um yeah. him and Kelly Woodley are so adorable oh my gosh he makes him like giddy like he like smiles and like giggles when she's there. And I'm like, who are you? He was a man that like never talked about children, never talked about marriage. And now he's like, yeah, like I'll be a dad. I'll host Jeopardy. And I'm like, why? I mean, he's, he's blossoming into just a really dynamic character of a human being. And I love her, first of all. And yeah, so when I found that out, I was, my heart was warm. And I'm realizing now that the last, 10 minutes have been exactly what you'd expect when you see us talking about sports. 
it's fine. But, we hey, have, we, we've been so good. We had to get this out. We did analysis for the first like 40 minutes of this yeah. show. So now we're talking about weddings and Jeopardy. Yes. Whatever. Oh, but no, it, this is big headlines. It's off season. Mm-hmm. This is fair. This is absolutely valid. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, look, I'm just upset that we're not getting draft puppies this year because it's not virtual anymore. So whatever. I am excited though. Oh, oh, it's so close. What are we at? Like almost two weeks? Literally. Two, two weeks from tomorrow. Yeah. Two weeks from tomorrow. Oh my God. It's happening. I know. These, it's exciting. Weeks, these next two weeks are going to take, I believe, a decade off my life. Especially. Uh, easily. I'd like. It's honestly in the Falcons. I don't think I've spent more time ever in my entire existence thinking about the Falcons than I have um, in the last couple of weeks. Like I've never devoted this much time to this team. And now every second of every day, I'm like, honeys, what the heck are you about to do? Because like they could literally do like whatever they wanted. And then it changes the entire rest of everything. So it really scares me. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I honestly Um, want draft night. Not like I don't want you knock. I want draft night to be like crazy. Like I want something insane to happen. Yeah, insane. Like I just want I want pandemonium. Like yeah. I want I want the whole football world to turn upside down. I need it. At this point. <laughs> that would be unreal, unreal. Because yeah. it's like in twenty twenty, head into twenty twenty one. Like let's just have massive chaos. Look, I get no excitement from this. I already know what my team is going to do. So look, yeah. make it turn it upside down. Yeah. Throw a wrench in everyone's plan, please. Oh, I can't wait. I'm here for it. But uh, yeah, you know, we're looking forward to it. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back next week. We will definitely be talking more draft stuff next week. But make sure to follow us on Instagram at Onside Chicks, on Twitter at Onside Chicks Pod. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and follow us on Twitch. Subscribe on Twitch. Follow us on Twitch. I don't know what it is on Twitch. It's so new. <laughs> I'm still new to that one. (laughs) But yeah, we're getting there. But uh, we'll catch you guys next Tuesday. Thank you. Bye. Bye.